The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Good morning. Good morning, New Song Church. It is good to be here with you today. And um, I've been here since New Song started, since the very first service my wife and I came here. And it has just been magnificent uh, just being at the house of God and worshiping and serving with you all. And I I just want to shout out to Pastor Josh and, and Sarah. I think they are phenomenal in how they have been leading us. And, you know, the Word of God talks about entering into God's rest. And I think that's something that's very important that sometimes uh, we, meet, we miss because we are always trying to be on the forefront of everything, of our responsibilities. But taking a time to rest is actually very biblical. And so I just want to say, Pastor Josh and Sarah, thank you so much not only for ministering the word to us, but also showing it to us by how you're practicing this. Just, just taking this time out is important for you to refuel, to re-energize, and keep leading this house as well as you have my family, and I love you, and I'm so grateful for you trusting me to be able to stand before the house and to minister the word of God, so I'm very appreciative of that. So, a little about myself. Um, I'm actually originally from a country called Zimbabwe in Southern Africa, and I would assume that some of my Zimbabwean friends are watching right now. So, Makadi, Zirukufambaere, and I'll teach you how to say that later if you want to know how to say that. Um, so, I started doing ministry back in 1999, and I would go to different parts of the country. I'd be invited to schools and churches, and I'd be ministering, and, and I did a whole lot of that. In the final two years of uh, my stay in Zimbabwe, I was actually youth pastor. Now, youth pastor in my country doesn't mean youth pastor the way it means here. So, I was in charge of the baby that just was very tiny, up to anybody who was still single. Those were all considered youth. So they were all under my responsibility. It was fun. It was, it, was, it was awesome. But again, I didn't do some of the things that Pastor Josh and Sarah are doing right now, which is taking a break and resting and going on a sabbatical. And so what happened is... I got burned out. And so when I got the opportunity to come here in 2005, my mindset was, I'm going to hide. I'm not going to do any more ministry. I'm just going to be chilling, and I'm just going to take the load off, and I'm just not going to do anything. But how many of you all know that the gift and the call of God is irrevocable or without repentance? And God still set me aside, and I started doing ministry again. A year later from being here in 2006, Uh, with the ministry called Maranatha New Life Center with Chuck and Ginny Curtis, and I know they're watching, so thank you so much. And so we've been doing ministry, and we've been teaching and and helping um, youth and young people in this country and just helping them to know the strength and the power of the Word of God. And so I appreciated that opportunity. I also want to give a shout-out. I'm sorry, I'm giving a shout-out to some people because I know they said they'll check in. My mom and my sisters are watching over right now in the UK, so thank you so much for watching. And I've saved the best for last. My beautiful bride, my beautiful wife, Ashley, she's the barbecue sauce on my baby back ribs. She is the Chick-fil-A sauce on my 12th count, okay? She, she, she is the cane sauce of my box combo. So I thank you so much for walking this journey with me and helping me to get to 
what God continues to call me to. So I'm ever so grateful for you. Actually, we've had our two kids here at New Song. We've got another one on the way. So I just want to say thank you to New, New Song Kids Ministry. Thank you so much. My daughter, Anesu, is a New Song Kids, and it's such a blessing when she comes home and she's able to just recite all the things that she's learning. We're going to be giving you another kid in February, a boy this time, and we're looking forward to that. Let's just pray real quickly. Uh, Father, I just want to thank you for this time and this moment that you have blessed us with. Of everybody who is under the sound of my voice, and uh, my heart is that they would hear your word, and, and that it is not the opinion of man that is raised up today, but your word that has power and that changes lives. I pray that there is an anointing, even now as people are listening in different parts of the world, in different parts of their home, that they would sense your presence and know that you were there because you have promised it. You have promised that you will always be with us. And so I pray right now that I would decrease and you would increase in me and that the word will go forth and achieve that which you have demanded and commanded it to achieve. And I just want to thank you and honor you for this moment that we're in. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so since this is my first time uh, standing in front of you to deliver the word, uh, I just have two housekeeping uh, issues or concerns that I want us to just talk about. Number one, words are going to sound a little funny. So for example, it's not Isaiah, it's going to be Isaiah, okay? So just bear with me, the British English will kick in. And also, I want to give a shout out to Pastor Josh Romano for last week's message. That was just so powerful. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate it. And I love it. And I saw the anointing on you to stay in one position. Praise the Lord. I don't know if I'm anointed like that. So I'm going to move a little bit. And if that happens, just bear with me. But as I was pondering and thinking about this and thinking about what God would have us know in this time, it is important that when we begin to minister the word of God that we understand the times that we are in. So just looking at the experiences that we are having, be it the coronavirus situation, uh, be it the ice storm that hit Oklahoma City here recently, or even the elections that we have gone through, a lot of anxiety can be built up in that. And so I was searching my heart and trying to figure out what is it that God would have me share with you. And he took me to the very beginning, which we are going to go to in the book of Genesis. But he had me to understand something, that there is power in the word of God. And so that's what I've coined this message today, the power of of the word of God. So I want to go to Genesis and I want us to just begin and walking from there and, and just glean from there and see what the Lord would have us know and have us understand. So if you go to Genesis chapter one, and I'm going to read from uh, verses one to three, the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the surface of the deep. The spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And so be, before we get into the depth of what I want us to see here, I want us to just look at the framework of what we have just uh, read in the book of Genesis. The Bible begins by telling us that in the beginning, God. So God introduces himself right from the onset for us to know that whatever it is that is going to flow from here, whatever it is that's going to happen from here is happening because God began it. 
So nothing is going to begin or nothing is going to happen unless God begins it. It is in the framework of who he is that everything exists. When Paul was talking to uh, the people in the, book of, uh, in the book of Acts in chapter 17, when he's describing to them the God that they said to the unknown God, he said, it is in him that we move, in him we live, and in him that we have our being. And so everything that exists is going to exist in God. The parameters that are set of what can be, the parameters that are set of what can happen is all set within who God is. So that it is imperative to us to understand or to know who this God is. Because without knowing who this God is, who has set the functions and the parameters of how the earth can exist and how we can move in the earth, what our limitations are, what our abilities are, without understanding that we're always going to be offline. And so it is important for us to know this God who introduces himself and he says, in the beginning is God. So nothing is going to begin or going to happen unless God decrees it to happen and unless God allows it to happen. So it is incumbent upon me to understand that God is not coming to be in agreement with me, but it is my responsibility to be in agreement with God. Amos 3 and verse 3 says, can two walk together unless they be in agreement? And so I've got to be in agreement with God if I'm going to walk in the direction that God wants me to walk to achieve the things that I want to achieve and to achieve the things that he has called me to achieve. So he introduces himself in the beginning and tells us that he is God. And then he goes on to give us the canvas on which he was working with. The Bible tells us that the earth was empty and it was, it was void, that there was nothing beautiful to look at. It was without structure, without purpose, without de definition or function. The earth was unpleasant. And I'm here to tell you that if you feel like your life is in that place where you don't know how things are going to work out for you, where you're in distress because of the situations that you face, where you feel like there's turmoil in your life, where you feel like you don't know how things are going to come together, I'm here to tell you that you are the best canvas from which God can work from. Because he is God who doesn't need the created things to create. Out of nothing he made everything. And so in the circumstance that you find yourself, I want you to know that God is able to make a change and a turnaround in your life because you are the canvas that he is looking for so that he gets the glory. And that becomes an important thing for us to understand. So therefore, we don't need to be fearful. We don't need to, to be afraid and to fret of the things that are going on around us. We have to have the confidence to know that God is there. Because right next to the scripture, the Bible tells us the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So which means in whatever situation you're in, the spirit of God is present. He is here. He is with you. He is not too far away. The Bible says he sticks closer than a brother. And so wherever place you find yourself in, know that God is with you. Now, everything that is happening here, happening in the unseen with the spirit of God hovering over the waters, it is not easy for that to be seen with the naked eye. The moment that we begin to see something happen is the moment that God speaks. And God says, let there be light. In that very moment, 
the manifestation of what God was doing begins to unfold to where it is tangible and to where we can see it. New Song Church, I'm here to tell you that there is power in the word of God. Nothing is going to happen. Nothing is going to be seen until God speaks. God puts a stamp on his word in the very beginning. Not introducing what was said or, or a thought, but introducing himself at the very beginning. Because the word and who God is, is inseparable. And so when he speaks and he says, let there be light, we begin to see things happen on this earth. God demonstrates his power in this. And in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3, it tells us that he sustains everything by his word. Isaiah 55 verse 11 says that the word that he speaks shall not return to him void. And so there is power in the word that he has spoken to us because that is what creates the framework of what can be, of what man can do, of his abilities. Every law, every principle is derived from what God has said. And so there was power in his word. He holds everything together by his word. And it is impossible for anything to function outside of what God has said. So this is awesome. So we, 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 we lay the foundation and understanding that. And you're saying, okay, Tondurai, that, that was good. That was nice. I, I, I like hearing that. But what does that mean? And so I want us to give, I want to give three points that that our, what, what our responsibility is to understanding the power of God's word. So number one, number one, we have to study the word. Study the word. Second Timothy 2 verse 5, it says, Study to show yourself approved as a man who can rightly handle the word of truth. And this is important. This is important in why we need to study the word. Uh, in Joshua 1 verse 8, it also says, uh, Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth, but you will meditate upon it day and night, so that you might be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will, have, then you will be prosperous and have good success. And so why is it important to study and to meditate on the word of God? He, he, here's the thing. It is impossible for anyone to live outside of their understanding. It is impossible for you to live outside of your understanding. So you've got to move from knowing the word to understanding the word. When you understand the word, the Bible tells us that the house is built up and established by understanding. Not by knowledge. You build it by knowledge, but you lay the foundation because of understanding. See, God is not just desiring your life. He is desiring a lifestyle. And so when we talk about the application of the word, people say that you've got to apply the word, which is right. You have to apply the word. But the thing with application is that it doesn't move to what I feel God wants us to be. Okay? So if you have medication... Uh, an ointment that you have gotten from the pharmacy and you're supposed to take that ointment and you're supposed to apply it on the spot that's infected uh, two or three times a day. What happens once that ointment is done or once you've gone through the medication? You stop applying it. You quit applying it. God wants us to move away from applying to definition. 
And I'm going to explain what that means. I'm going to explain what that means. See, when Pastor Josh or anybody stands here and he says, yeah, tithing is good and it's a good principle of tithing, that when you tithe, you open the window for God to bless you. And so you hear that word and you're excited about it. And what do you do? You go and tithe that month. And then you don't do it again the next month, then the next month. And then you come around and you say, tithing doesn't work. Well, you applied it. But you did not become, you did not, you don't let it become something that you function in so that you would be called a tither. So now you're defined as a tither, not only because you apply, but because it is who you are. It has become your lifestyle. So he's not only just wanting your life, he's wanting your lifestyle. So when you become tithing, when you learn that principle, you're not just applying it, you are living it. And as you are living it, you begin to see how God can work in your life. And you're not going to get the fullness of this until you actually begin to get in there and study. If your intake of the word is just what you hear on a Sunday, and you flirt with Genesis here, and sometimes you peek into Revelation, but never give yourself the chance and the opportunity to actually open and get into the depth of what God is saying, then you cannot move from where you are into maturity because you cannot live outside of your understanding. But once you understand it, then you can begin to function and grow in it. So God is wanting us to move from just the mere fact that we know how to apply the word, but to grow into a place that we're defined by what the word says. So I'm a tither, not because I tithe once a month, because I always tithe. I'm a giver, not because I gave just one time, because I always open myself to giving. I'm a prayer person, not because I prayed once or twice, not because I just came to worship night and I just worshiped that one Sunday. It's because it's who I am. I always worship. That is walking in the word. That is functioning in the word. And when you do that, then you begin to experience the power of breakthrough that God has for you. I believe that God is wanting us to move from a place where we are tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. We live in the information age where information is coming to us ever so rapidly. And as this information comes to us, we've got people that are claiming that they're prophets. And they, they just read the word and say, yeah, this is, um, this is a prophetic word. And you will not know what is right or what is truth. You will not know how to handle something or not handle something if you have not studied the word to show yourself approved. God is looking. God is searching for somebody who has the hunger to not only just stare, but to actually get in. To get into the depth of what the word of God ministers. And I believe there's a revival that is taking place. You see, we look at 2020 and we see all the things that were wrong, all the things that were challenging, all the things that were tough. But in that same vein, just like the canvas in Genesis that God is working with, the spirit of God is present and he is just waiting for somebody who is hungry enough to get in a little bit closer, to move in a little bit deeper, to get that word inside of them that they will be able to stand in our time. Because then having done all stand we will stand having the word of truth putting on the full armor of God church this is our season this is our time 
The Bible says the earth groans and awaits for the revelation of the sons of God. We are the sons of God and the earth is waiting. The earth is wanting to see us. And if we will continue to shy away, if we do not have a depth of understanding of what the word of God is teaching us. Everybody knows the parable with the two houses. Right? Matthew uh, chapter 7 verses 24 to 27. The parable of the two houses. And sometimes we assume that the house that was built on sand is that of a, is, is, is a non-Christian. It's somebody that doesn't believe in Jesus. And then the house that was built on, on solid ground is, 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 is a Christian. And sometimes we see it that way. But both of those houses are houses of believers. See, the house that was built on the sand, that was built on the, on the, on the foundation that was not solid, is somebody who did not have the depth of understanding of the word of God. And then the house that was built on the solid ground is that of somebody who allowed themselves to get deeper and be grounded in the word. Because it doesn't matter who you are, you will face the trials of life. And what will make you stand is the strength of the word that is in you. And so it is incumbent upon us if we know that there is power in his word to study it. And the reason why we don't study it is because of that W word, it takes work. You see, the word of God is not a charm. You know, it's, 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 it's not a, God is not like a charlatan. You don't just toy with it and just, just say, okay, I've heard this scripture from somebody else. I do believe they tried to do that in the book of Acts and they were told, Paul, I know, Jesus, I know, but I don't know who you are because they were just trying to play around with the word of God. It's not a charm. It's something that you've got to allow yourself to permeate on the inside of you and work on the inside of you. God is looking for a new generation of Christians that the Bible says about the Bereans in the book of Acts. The Bible says the Bereans were more noble than the Thessalonians because they would go back and study and look into the scriptures of what Paul was teaching. Because they had the attitude to study the word of God. So number one, we've got to study in response to understanding the power of the word. Number two, we have to speak the word. And again, it was intentional for me to begin with the idea or the concept of study. Because for you to be able to speak the word, you've got to know the word, understand the word, to speak it right. In the book of Mark eleven twenty three, 23, is a popular scripture. If you say to this mountain, be cast into the sea, and if you believe it, it shall be so. It's a very popular scripture. In Proverbs, it also says, life and death is in the power of the tongue. They that love of it shall eat of its fruit. So we know that it is possible to speak to a circumstance or speak to a situation and things begin to change because you spoke it. I remember when Pastor Willard George was here and he talked about a situation or a circumstance that was in his life and he said that, that it starts in the mind but you don't want to let it get to your heart. And he said, how do you let it get to your heart? He said, it's what you speak so it's imperative what you speak because it'll then permeate into what you believe and what you believe is then what you will live out and so it is important for us to understand this now for me to speak to a mountain and for the mountain to be moved this is not just me again the word of god is not a charm it's not it's not a toy it's not something that i just go around play around with and say okay let me prove to you that it works yeah mountain move no 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 
got to walk in connection with the word. See, the Bible also says that, the Bible also says that, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So this is not to say that whatever I desire and if I delight myself in the Lord, he will give me. As if God is a butler who's just going to say, I need a pizza and then the pizza comes over because I desire it. I need five new houses because I, and it's not, that's not how it works. What the Bible is teaching us here is that if I delight myself in him, my desires become aligned with his. When I then walk in that path where my desire is aligned with him and his word is al- my, my, and I'm aligned with his word, then I can speak to the mountain and the mountain is moved. So it's not my desire that's happening here. It's God's desire. It's working within him, being rightly connected to him. So when we say speak the word, we're not saying just quote the word. We're saying speak it because it is coming from the depth of who you are, your spirit connected to God's spirit. And then when you begin to speak, you will see the mountains move. But if I act like I can do this all by myself, And I assume that all I've got to do is just speak this or claim this or claim that. And yet not connected to his word, not connected to who he is. Then I will be frustrated and it will seem like God's word doesn't work. But God's word is truth and it is light. The Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Without him was nothing made that has been made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. But the darkness has not understood it. I want that word. Which is life. Which is my light. To function in my life. And that is the word that I want to speak. So it isn't because I want that mountain to move that it moves. It's because I've aligned myself with his word that that mountain begins to move. His word is truth. And the power of his word is when I speak and walk in his will. And then I see life and I see transformation. And then I see God changing the atmosphere. God changing the trajectory of where I am at because I've aligned myself with who he is and his word. I, 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 I am, I always marvel at this scripture. David was able to say, search me, O Lord, for I have led a blameless life. I think, I think that is such a, a powerful position to take, to say, I have led a blameless life. But the only reason he could do that is because if you read the psalmist, And the writings, you will see that he delighted himself in God. He delighted himself in the word. And therefore, he was able to stand before God and say, I am blameless because that word was there. You see, for me, when I, when I heard this, I, 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 again, looking at Psalm chapter 119, uh, 119 I do believe it is in verse 9, when when, uh, when, when he says, how can a young man keep his way pure? And the word says, that word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So for me, I took that to mean you've got to memorize scripture. 
you, you've got to be active in memorizing the word of God. And so I began to memorize it. It was a, a pastor back in Zimbabwe who taught me this. And so I began to memorize the word. And by memorizing it, I was hiding it in my heart. That as I moved through life, Ephesians tells us that he's, he's able to do far more exceedingly, far more abundantly than we can ever think, ask, or imagine of him according to the power that is at work within us. So I saw that power to be the word that I was continually memorizing and putting in myself. And so God began to bring out those words. Anytime that I needed them, he would begin to bring out those scriptures that I'd memorized to the forefront, to my mind. Because you remember he said that do not worry about what you will speak when they put you before the courts and before the Sanhedrins. He will give you that word. And so he began to bring that word and I began to speak that word in the situations that I faced because I had put it inside of me and committed it to memory. And so it's imperative, it's important to memorize scripture. And not, 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 not in the sense of saying everybody has to be scholastic about it, but in the sense that you need to know what the scriptures say. You need to memorize some of these scriptures so that in the times that you need them, you will be able to speak them. The third thing is, we have got to minister the word of truth. So number one, we study it. Number two, we speak it. Number three, we minister it. Oh, saints, we know that the world we live in is in constant turmoil. The world that we live in is in constant need. And it is not going to be the salvation of the world without us, the saints who have the word, ministering that word to the fallen world. We cannot have an attitude in the house of God to say, do not come here until you have received the word. Go out there, get saved, and then come here. No, we need to bring in those people that don't have an understanding of the word because it is here that they will receive that ministry. That they will receive that truth. So it doesn't matter to me. All kinds are welcome into the house of the Lord. Because that is where they will find the salvation. Because it, it is to us that the manifold wisdom of God has been made known. And then it is incumbent upon us to take that very word. And give it to the world. Saints. It is our time. The more turmoil you see, the more trouble that you are seeing, the more anger, the more anxiety. It is the earth that is screaming for us to minister. That's why he said, lift up your head and see that the harvest is plenty. And the harvest is before us. And we who hold the answers to life, who hold the truth about life, stay stuck in our churches. And not only that, we sometimes join in in the anxiety on these social media platforms. We begin to bicker against one another. We begin to try and see who holds the truth, you or me. Do you hold better truth than I hold? Do you have a deeper understanding than I have? And so we come with the wrong attitude. And this messes up our ministry. And when our ministry, our witness, it messed up then we cannot witness this truth to this world because they are looking at us. And if we bicker amongst each other and try to prove that I have more knowledge or more understanding than you, 
We cannot stand. The word of God has already told us a kingdom divided in itself will not stand. And so it is incumbent upon us to be able to minister this word to the fallen world. The Bible says the enemy is going to come and try and deceive even the elite of God. And the thing about deception is you don't know that you are deceived. You know, nobody says, hey, you know what? Wednesdays is usually my deception day. I just go into deception on Wednesday, so don't talk to me on that day because I know I'll be in deception that day. No, you do not know when you're deceived. Who is de- he who is deceived does not know that they are. And so when you stand and you assume you know absolute truth without coming together with the saints to be able to minister to the unrighteous, the Bible says, watch out that we do not devour each other by bickering and fighting. But we need to turn the situation and realize that it is God's word that this world needs. It is God's word that this world is crying for. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But how can they hear if we do not speak? How can they hear if we don't take the word to them? How can they hear if we don't take the word to those that are hurting? I'm looking at us, church and saying, we have got the mandate. You see, God talks to Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 33. See, no one is going to come to the fullness of God unless we speak. And God tells Ezekiel and he says, son of man, if you see a person or you see somebody and I tell you to go speak to them and you decide not to go and then their life is destroyed, God says that that responsibility was on you. I'm paraphrasing here. That responsibility is on Ezekiel because God had put it on Ezekiel to go minister to that person. But he said, if, if, if I give you the word and you go minister to that person and that person still perishes, then it, you've been absolved from it because you've taken your responsibility and done so. So which Ezekiel are we going to be? The one that has been told to go, but doesn't go. Or the one that is told to go, but does go. And, and I want to talk about this. I'm going to talk about the mandate that we have before us here. The word mandate has been going around a lot, but we've always had a mandate from God to go out into the world and preach the gospel, baptizing men and women in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But I I want to talk about this as we're becoming ministers of the word. Now, Jesus functioned in three main offices, prophet, priest, and king. Those are the three offices that he primarily functioned in. The prophet has the responsibility to foretell and to foretell. So when you read the prophetic books, you will say, because you have done this, this is going to happen. Or if you do this, that shall, this is what's going to happen. So there is a judgment on when the prophet speaks. Now, the thing about us today is we love to function in the prophet, especially when we're on social media, to tell people how wrong they are. The problem with that is if you function primarily in that, that is not what brings somebody into, the, into, into Christ. It is the responsibility of the priestly role that actually brings somebody to the place of salvation. And that is what Jesus functioned in, primarily as a priest. 
not just speaking the prophetic, because the prophetic has its place, so that the wrath of God may be known that if we do not obey, the wrath will come. But the prophetic is not responsible to bringing in somebody into the place of salvation. That is the function of the priest. Because the priest is mediated between God and men. And so Jesus functioned in that, and what he spoke would bring people into the fold. Just like in the book of Acts, when the disciples began to speak, the Bible says that they were torn to the hearts, and they said, what shall we do? And then they said, repent and be baptized. So in other words, you give an action and a way out. And that's what we need today, is for us to function as priests of our time, to be mediated between God and man, to bring people into the house of God. And the king is the one that, te- that talks about the decrees and the laws that are established within the kingdom. And that's what happens when we come to the house of God. When we come to church every Sunday or, or Wednesday when we have equipped, that is a kingly function, teaching us the laws, the precepts that God has already established that we might function in them in the world to be strengthened and uplifted. So, We're great at being prophetic and great on the kingly aspect, but we need to be in a place where we're raising up priests who are able to bring people into the house of God. So church, we have a mandate. We have a mandate. And God has already said it for us. And that is to preach, to minister the word of God because there is power in his word. This year is a year that the church has been given the canvas, kind of like Genesis, where the earth is formless and void and without structure. And it seems like darkness has found its place. But even in this time, the Spirit of God is present. And if the Spirit of God is present, now is our time. I want you to bow your heads right where you are. You could be just watching and listening to this by the kitchen table. You could be on your dining room table. You could be in front of your couch with your pajamas on. I want you to just bow your heads right now. As I started this, my desire in my heart was not that an opinion and a thought of man would be elevated, but rather that the word of God, the word of truth would be elevated. And so what is the spirit of the Lord saying to you today? If you have never given yourself the opportunity to be in Christ, I I want you to pray this prayer with me. Because you see, You've got to allow Jesus into your heart. And that's how this whole journey begins. Because he's already there. And if you feel a tug, if you feel a tug on your heart, it's because the Spirit of God is there. But again, now you have to speak for everything to begin to happen. So say this prayer with me. Say, Father, I thank you that you are truth. I thank you that you are the way. And I acknowledge that you died on the cross for my sins. And that on the third day, you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to be Lord of my life. 
I ask you that you would change my world. And I ask you that you would teach me how to walk in your word. And still in the attitude of prayer, I want to ask, you've been walking with Jesus. You know you're a Christian. You don't doubt that. But you are far away from the place that you know you ought to be walking with God and ministering his word if it's been a long time a very long while since you can say hey this is how I've ministered oh this is what I've done for the kingdom so you're in that place I want you to pray this prayer with me because I believe God is wanting to activate Something that has already been in your heart. That's that's already been in your life. I want that Lord to open your eyes. That you'll begin to see that the opportunity for you to do what God has called you to do is right there. So pray this prayer with me. Say, God, now is my time. For such a time as this I have been called. Stir up in me. The gift of God that is inside of me. May I begin to walk the path that you have set aside for me. Growing in strength and in understanding. That I might go to where you have called me. Thank you for showing me this. And I believe that my better days are in front of me. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for this time that you have given to us. And I pray that even as we go from here, that you build us up line upon line, precept upon precept. I thank you, Father, that you strengthen us. I thank you, Father, that we are encouraged in you, like David encouraged himself in you. I thank you that we will find victory that comes only from you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.